Happy Wednesday, Razorback fans. You're three days away from Arkansas and Texas A&M playing in the Southwest Classic at AT AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Exciting stuff. Should be a good game. Uh, It's interesting, as we mentioned yesterday, because A&M is 2-1. and They had that loss to Appalachian State. So, I mean, even myself, I don't know exactly how to feel about them, but you know that they're a team loaded with talent. They recruit really well. Uh, So it, it should be a fun game. Um, you're listening to the Gridiron Hogs podcast. I'm Mason Choate. I got Alex Trader and Robert Stewart from hogbeat.com with me. Visit it, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com. A lot of great stuff over there. All the best content covering Arkansas athletics. And you will not be disappointed if you get that subscription. It is worth your money. Um, today, boys, we're going to be talking the schedule release. They released the 2023 football schedule for Arkansas on Tuesday. We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about practice what Robert saw at practice, and then we'll talk, can Rocket Sanders win the Heisman? I mean, he's he's got a great start to the season, but we'll talk about what he's on pace for compared to the last two running backs who won the Heisman, uh, which are it was Derrick Henry and Mark Ingram. So we'll we'll hit that, talk about that. It's, it's going to be a fun conversation. we got some numbers that we're going to throw at you. So uh, first, before we talk schedule release, Robert, what did you see at practice on Tuesday? Well, let me pull up my cornerback or excuse me, secondary depth chart because I figured that was the most important thing to watch for. Worth noting that Latavius Brainy was not on the field during the fastball period of practice, but he was at practice. Um, so let's see, around uh, from from left to right, starting at left corner, going to right corner, or maybe it's the other way, but this is the way I saw it. Uh, Three, Dwight McLaughlin. Two, Miles Slusher. Fifteen, Simeon Blair. Eight, Jaden Johnson. And four, Malik Chavis was the first team. So if that's um, some indication of the five best defensive backs, note that it doesn't include Latavius Brini. I would um, I, I would think that Brini's going to be one of the five best. I think that it was a precautionary thing. We know he's still nursing somewhat of an ankle. So I – I and we also know that fastball doesn't mean anything. So, but I'm sorry, right. keep going. Right. No, I I'm I'm with you there. Um, worth worth noting that Brini was not involved in those drills, but was involved in every other drill. Um, I saw Landon Jackson taking reps on the first team defensive line on the inside, uh, at at defensive tackle. So, I uh, thought that was noteworthy. Uh, also on the defensive line, didn't put this on the board, but uh, Jashad Stewart is back at practice, uh, fully participating. So there was that. Um, Wait, do you have the full defensive line? Uh, I don't. Oh, interesting. Uh, do you do you recall who Landon Jackson was in place of? I think it was him and Isaiah Nichols on the inside, and then – it was Jordan Dominic and Zach Williams on the outside. And just wait. So Eric Gregory. Yeah, Eric Gregory, Jordan Dominic. Wait, so Deshaun Stewart was on the second team. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. That I was confused for a second. Okay, that makes sense. That checks out. Okay, go ahead. Yes. First team ends were Dominic and Williams. First team tackles were uh, Jackson and Nichols. Interesting. Okay, so there was that. Um, I didn't see any green. Um, 
I, I said Miles Slusher was part of the, the first team group on on fastball drills. He was out of green, so that's very encouraging to see um, this early in the week, honestly. Um, trying to think what else. Saw a scout from the Lions there. Um, do you have the board up, Mason? Am I missing anything that I put put on there? I don't have it pulled up, but I think that's those were the the big hitters that you were gonna hit. So, yeah. um, biggest thing, Miles Slusher, full go. That's that's big. Plus, him being part of fastball is another good indication that he's gonna play this weekend, which is huge for Arkansas. They need him against A and M. So, uh, big news there. More big news. They announced the 2023 football schedule for Arkansas. And there's some things that uh, Razorback fans are not going to be happy about. So let's just go ahead and get into it. They open the season against Western Carolina in Little Rock at War Memorial Stadium. And then uh, the next two weeks, week two, week three, they're playing Kent State and then BYU at home in Fayetteville. Uh, Week four, they hit the road at LSU. And then they got the Southwest Classic against A&M September 30th, week five. Uh, and then they go to at Ole Miss and at Alabama. So the first four SEC games are at LSU on the road, Southwest Classic against Texas A&M, uh, at Ole Miss, at Alabama. So of the first seven weeks of the season, Arkansas has two games in Fayetteville. That's just awful. I mean, how how I, – I've, I've talked about it before – in, in a lot of different places. I'm a Central Arkansas guy. I grew up going to more games at War Memorial than Fayetteville because it was closer, it was easier. It's got to stop. It's not worth it. There's no way that the university profits off of it. And all the people who make the case of, well, you you, you got to get that Southern Arkansas crowd the ability to get up for a game. I'm I'm sorry. Like it, it makes no sense to play a game in War Memorial. It's a rundown stadium, and there's always issues that go there. And then the people who want to say, "Well, get the Southern Arkansas crowd there," they never fill it up, and they're definitely not going to fill it up for Western Carolina. And so I, I I'm just I'm I'm against it, and I will continue to be against it. And that's from a Central Arkansas kid who grew up going to War Memorial. And skimping the students of the first game of the season that's that's wild too. Alex, what do you think? I don't think I've ever heard your take on War Memorial. Yeah, so I don't have as strong of a take as you guys because I didn't grow up around it. Um, but I, I, I think the the games away from home thing is being overblown a little bit. Um, the The issue of War Memorial, just presently, I've heard bad things from just about everybody I've talked to about the stadium, um, whether it be you know issues with the broadcast or. I think last year, maybe the scoreboard wasn't working in the stadium. Those are just things that can't be happening if you want to host a game there. I understand wanting to get the whole demographic. And I saw a tweet about it this morning with someone saying, hey, for the people who are saying you shouldn't play a game here, you have to understand this gives that opportunity for a day trip. And and then, like you said, the argument that it never gets filled up, but it's not filling up because you're playing Western Carolina there but they won't give you a bigger game because you can't fill the stadium up. It's kind of a, a chicken or egg argument, and it's really difficult to tell uh, what's in the best interest of of the Arkansas you know, football staff because it, it is a difficult thing to just cut off something that allows most of your state to be able to get to the stadium and watch their team play. But um, I, I think you are going to see a much bigger turnout in Fayetteville. It's kind of a matter of tradition at this point. 
I mean, the the capacity of War Memorial, and this is per the internet, 54,120. You will get at least 60,000, for West Car- Western Carolina and Fayetteville. So, I mean, it just it doesn't make sense financially for the university. Um, I will say this. This is something that I can get on board with. In 2025, they're going to play Arkansas State there at War Memorial Stadium. That's fine. That stadium will fill up because you're getting both fan bases. You're getting Arkansas State and Arkansas. Like that, it'll fill up. That's going to be a cool game there in Little Rock. Fine by me. Why are you playing Western Carolina there? It makes no sense. It's just a, a pointless trip down to Little Rock for the team. And I, I don't, I, I think it's stupid. But the, the bigger picture is two of your first seven games you're playing away from home. And that starts the SEC stretch. It's just horrible. But let's keep going. Um, Week eight, Mississippi State in Fayetteville, so there's a home game. Uh, then they got their bye week on October 28th, and then they've got at Florida. That's your SEC game. So the past five times Arkansas has played Florida, they've played at Florida four of those times. So what's going on there? That doesn't make sense. Uh, then they got Auburn at home, Florida International at home, and then Missouri at home to finish it off. So you get three three straight games in Fayetteville to finish the season. So that's that's good. You know, you're going to get to see your team there at the end of the season. But, boy, that's a rough start to the year. The non-conference is a little bit easier than it was this year. Uh, you're looking at Western Carolina, Kent State, BYU, and Florida International rather than Liberty, Cincinnati, BYU, and Missouri State, who might have been the toughest team Arkansas has played this far. So Right, and it'll be BYU at home next year rather than yeah. on the road. Yeah, so – it, it lightens up a little bit on the non-conference side of things, but at LSU, at Ole Miss, at Alabama, A&M and Arlington, at Florida. That's tough, man. That's tough. So, Sam Pittman, you know that he's not, he's not going to back down from a challenge, but oh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for the Hawks. But that's your 2023 football schedule. If you want to read more about that, go to hawkbeat.com and check it out there. All right, before we get to our conversation about Rocket Sanders possibly uh, being on track to win a Heisman, let's tell you about our friends at MyPerfectFranchise.net. Are you a displaced corporate executive or wanting to put your career in your own hands? Uh, I know a lot of you are, actually, because you're probably listening to this while you're at work. Uh, If you're an experienced entrepreneur wanting to diversify, you need to call Andy Ledecky. He's a longtime Rivals member, so he understands you. He knows that he, he likes sports. He'll talk sports with you. He'll talk sports with me. Uh, and he's a franchise veteran as well, having owned multiple franchises and businesses. Um, he uses that expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. doesn't cost any money. It only costs some of your time to help diversify your portfolio and make you some more money. And he just wants to help you because he made the money himself. Now he wants to help others do it as well. Put your life and career in your own hands because it's 100% free. What do you have to lose? Give him a call. Give Andy Ledecky a call, 404-973-9901, or visit MyPerfectFranchise.net to get started making some money as a franchise owner. All right, boys. Rocket Sanders. I asked Sam Pittman this on Monday. Did you envision this kind of start to the season from Rocket Sanders? He said that he really didn't. Like, he he... He didn't. I, I feel like he didn't want to say. I didn't think he could do it. Um, he was more of like I didn't expect him um, to really do what he's doing statistically and and take off and us to give him as 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 many touches as we have. 
I mentioned, I think on Monday, that he was on the field for 62 of Arkansas' 67 snaps. Uh, Pittman mentioned that. He said that was they didn't really expect to do that, but that's how it worked because they want to have him on the field. He's a playmaker. And he made a huge play in the fourth quarter, 73-yard dump off for a touchdown. So his stats so far this season have been great. He's he's taken 60 66 carries for 440 yards, which is – number one in the SEC. He's averaging 6.7 yards a carry, got three rushing touchdowns. He's also caught eight passes for 117 yards and a touchdown. Um, here's a here's a few things on him. He is, let's see, let me pull it up here. Let me pull it up here. Uh, so through the first three games of uh, Arkansas running backs season, he is number four on the list with 440 rushing yards, trailing just Darren McFadden, Ben Cowens, and Jerry Eckwood for the most rushing yards through three games in a season. Um, His all-purpose yards, let me see, he's averaging 185.7 yards from scrimmage through three games, which ranks second nationally uh, behind Northwestern running back Evan Hull. So, I mean, he's started this season incredible. You feel like if Dominique Johnson comes back, how are those touches going to shape up? The Dominique Johnson situation, it's so weird. I, I... I'm kind of struggling to figure out what's going on there, but I feel like Rocket Sanders, you know, he's he's taken over, and uh, a lot of people say the Dominique Johnson thing has to do with uh, Wally Pip, if you know how that goes. Do you guys know the Wally Pip story? Okay. Robert, do you? You're a baseball guy. You should know. Uh, I, I don't. <laughs> you don't know the Wally Pip story, Robert? I, I know the name. I don't know the story. So Wally Pip is basically famous because he lost his job to Lou Gehrig and then he didn't play a game for like 20 something years or something like that. Um, and Wally Pip, I think he was like really good and then lost his job to Lou Gehrig and then didn't play. And I feel that might be what's happening with Dominique Johnson. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, we, we've talked all all September long about how there's no need to rush Dominique Johnson back into action. And we continue to be proven right by the incredible play of rocket Sanders. Um, I mean, like you said, it is, it is weird with Dom right now. I don't know what to think about it, but you know, even when he did, I mean, it sounds like it's up to him when he wants to play at this point. Right. So like, even when he decides that he's ready to play, how many touches is he going to get? Cause you just can't take those away from rocket right now. Yeah, it's it's a weird situation because we knew last year how much Sam Pittman really liked Dominique Johnson and he really wanted him to get more touches every game. I feel like after every game it was, we got to get 20 more touches. But now it's like Pittman has said for two weeks now he feels healthy. Uh, it's almost like it's been Dominique Johnson's decision to play every game and Dominique Johnson has decided not to play. I mean, I don't know. Alex, what do you think? Yeah, it is strange. Um, Initial gut reaction, just hearing that, you know, maybe he's holding out and trying to trying to see what his options are. Rockets still very young within the program. Um, Might be going to the NFL sooner rather than later, but maybe he doesn't want to burn that extra year if he doesn't have to, unless his team really, really needs him. Um, That's just my gut reaction. I don't have any insight on that, but uh, it, it is strange. You don't want to see a guy get Wally pipped, especially someone like Dom Johnson, who was out there dominating for your team last year. And I still think he probably has that juice in him. I mean, he, he was able to go out and really just take over games. 
Um, to say that that just went away doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, I, if it's not the staff's decision and it is his decision, maybe he just doesn't feel comfortable. I know a lot of times after injuries, guys will come back and be a little bit more apprehensive about when, when and where they do their thing. And if that's the case, then that could be a, you know, a, a lingering problem for Johnson going forward. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's been so weird, especially with Pittman saying that it's he's, he's been cleared and it's really up to him. So uh, Robert, I, I mentioned the stats that rocket Sanders has to this point. What is he on pace for? You did the math. I did do the math. Okay. So Rushing alone right now, he's on pace for 264 carries, 1,760 yards rushing, and 12 touchdowns, so one rushing score per game. Tack on 32 receptions for 468 yards and four receiving touchdowns. So altogether, you're looking at almost 300 touches for more than 2,200 yards from scrimmage and 16 touchdowns from scrimmage. Okay. Um Wow, I didn't expect it to get over 2,000. Okay, so we are going to compare that to the last two running backs to win a Heisman Trophy, both of them from Alabama. We'll start with Derrick Henry's Heisman season, which was just incredible. He ran for 2,219 yards, 395 carries, 2,219 yards, 28 touchdowns. He also caught 11 passes for 91 yards, 23-10 total yards from scrimmage. So – What'd you say Rocket Sanders was again, Robert? Yards from scrimmage? He he's on pace for twenty two hundred twenty-eight yards per scrimmage. So your yards from scrimmage. And the the schedule is simply not going to get e- any easier for Arkansas. So no. That seems like a tough pace to maintain. It does. Um also the touchdowns. You mentioned sixteen touchdowns. Derrick Henry had twenty-eight rushing touchdowns alone. So um his season was just incredible. But you look back to Mark Ingram, who prior to Derrick Henry was the last running back to win a Heisman. Mark Ingram's Heisman season, he ran for 1,658 yards, had 17 touchdowns. He also had 334 yards, receiving for three touchdowns. Total, 1,992 yards, 20 touchdowns. So that is closer to what Rocket Sanders could do. But, Alex, you made a good point about Arkansas might have to be a playoff team for him to be considered a Heisman winner. And also, you got to think about the other quarterbacks because it's it's really just a quarterback's award at this point. Yeah, and especially when you have such a strong crop of quarterbacks. I mean, uh, Bryce Young hasn't necessarily looked the part through, through the three games this season, but – You've got a guy up in Columbus, Ohio, and C.J. Stroud that's making head, making waves. They put up 70 points this week. It's tough to look past that. You've got you've got other quarterbacks. Caleb Williams out in USC. Um, I haven't been able to catch much of their play, but he's putting up numbers. Quinn Ewers is hurt, so he's probably out of the award. But he, you know, with his game against Alabama, had himself in the mix as well. Um, Stetson Bennett, even. Someone who none of us really thought, I mean, at least speaking for myself, I didn't think he could throw the ball the way he's throwing the ball. I didn't think he could play the way he's playing. Whether he won a national championship or not, um, he, he's really stepped up his play and it has himself in Heisman contention. So there's a really impressive group of quarterbacks that you're looking at. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, as good of a season as he's having, if Arkansas doesn't take care of business or at least keep it you know, within a, a overtime game or a three-point game against Alabama in Fayetteville on October 1st, with Rocket Sanders being the driving force in that, 
I don't see much of a chance for him to bring home the Heisman just because that's the biggest stage Arkansas will have all year. Uh, and he has to take advantage of it. You know, I, I think that that's a good point you made there. If, if Rocket Sanders wants to win the Heisman, which of course he wants to win it, but if he's going to, he's got to have that Heisman moment against Alabama, right? At home, Arkansas, they have to, you know, it has to be a competitive game. They have to be in the game and he has to have a Heisman moment. I think that that 73 yard dump off for a touchdown against Missouri State, he has to have a moment like that. You know, he shed a couple tackles and just ran faster than the defense. Can he do that? I, I think back to last year. Remember that Traylon Burks touchdown where he he kind of caught a 50-50 ball and then cut it over to the other side of the field and just outran the Alabama defenders? Rocket Sanders, he's going to have to have a, a play like that. Now, he's probably not going to go up and catch a 50-50 ball. He did catch a really, really, really nice touchdown against Alabama last year. It was a very, very good touchdown. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you there, Alex. I, that's something else you got to consider is what is his Heisman moment going to be, and it's probably got to come against Alabama because, as you mentioned, that's the biggest stage. And I think I think as far as touchdowns go, though, and I was thinking about this when, Robert, you mentioned the 12 rushing touchdowns. There's got to be a couple games where he's going to rush for multiple touchdowns, right? He had two against Missouri State. Didn't have one against Cincinnati, uh, had one against South Carolina. Like he'll he'll probably have more than twelve. I think he scored twice on the ground against South Carolina and twice total against Missouri State. Uh, wait, let me pull. It. Yeah, you're right. That's that's on me. But still, like I don't know. It, it and it it all hinges on what is Dominique Johnson going to look like when and if he comes back. You know, like we right. don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I, I you you say that. Um... He, he'll probably score multiple touchdowns in games going forward, yes, but at the same time, how many times will he not score? You know, I, I would think those would offset each other. Yeah, plus, I mean, heck, K.J. Jefferson, I mean, he's still got a I – mean, he was a dark horse Heisman guy. He's having a good season as well. Maybe he's got a shot. I feel like Rocket Sanders, I, I don't know. I mean, there's a case to be made for K.J. Jefferson as well. I, there's even a case to be made for Drew Sanders. Uh, so it, it's it's interesting. Arkansas, they, they got the stats through three games, but uh, as Alex kind of hit it, they're going to have to keep winning games um, if they want anybody to win a Heisman. And, it, you know, they I'm sure they don't really – they're not going out there trying to win a Heisman with their stats every game, but it's a cool thing to talk about. Um, and I think that Rocket Sanders, you know, if he, if he stays at this pace, maybe does a little bit better every game – um, you know, a few games he gets better stats than he does. The other games, you know, there's there's a chance, but those other quarterbacks, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Caleb Williams, like all those guys, it's gonna be tough to beat a quarterback for a Heisman in in the way college football is nowadays. So all right, boys, anything else to add? I don't think we have anything else to add for this episode. Um, we'll talk to Sam Pittman today and we'll talk I'll listen to him, Jimbo Fisher on the teleconference, and then we'll tell everybody tomorrow what those guys said and get everybody set for Arkansas A&M tomorrow. We all, we have, we have an A&M beat writer coming on tomorrow. Um, let's see, Alex Miller from the Eagle. He's going to come on and talk with us tomorrow. Give us some insight on A&M. So be looking out for that episode on Thursday. All right, Alex Trader, Robert Stewart. I'm Mason Choate. Thanks for listening to the Gridiron Hawks podcast. Mm-hmm.